0: purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh,
1: oh, O'Reilly Auto Parts. We are back on the blend again. Steve Benz here. Hey, well, you got tech problems, that's what happens. All right, let's get back with singer or songwriter Christopher Anton, former lead singer of Information Society. He's got a couple of solo projects. Chris, welcome back again. Oh, man. Oh, man, this is kind of sucking it uh, for some reason. Uh, let's see. Are you with me now there, Chris? I'm right here. Yep. Oh, man. You know, I hate that. I hate when there's technical problems. It drives me psycho. And then I've got nobody to blame because I'm the only one in the studio. It's it is. It's like life. Like when you're writing lyrics, you're sitting there, you're writing something, and you get stumped because you have nothing that rhymes with Halloween or something of that sort.
2: Well, every time we play a live show, it doesn't matter. What, there's always some technical glitch. It's almost <laughs> like it just goes with a territory.
1: Well, it is. It's how you, you react after that, and then we find out that you can really sing if the mic goes off, right? That you're not auto-tuned. <laughs>
2: exactly. Exactly. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm not live. I don't auto chin
1: life, so. No, there's no reason to. That's the that's real test of a lot of things. Now, I got to ask you point blank before we talk about your career and everything else going on. We talked about Guy Liner, and, but I'll get you on that one. And your mouth always being open in pictures freaks me out, bro. Freaks me out.
2: That's great. <laughs> I love it.
1: Oh, well, look. Your mouth is always open. Are you trying to show that you've got perfect teeth? Because I hate you for that, okay?
2: You know what I think it is? You know what I think it is? I don't have perfect keys. I've got that English thing, the gap in the middle. I typically <laughs> won't smile because of that. You know honest thing. And, uh, but i you are But you're talking about the screenshot from the In Silence video, and for some reason that one just got, it was the screenshot that just ended up getting used, so it's kind of like plastered all over the place. And I look at that thing and I think, that's kind of odd, because my mouth is open. It looks awkward to me.
1: It does. It really does because I, I tried to do it. I tried to put the, the guyliner on, too, and I'm like, man, how does this guy do this? He's got, he's got such perfect eyes. Wait a second. That's a little too creepy. Sorry about that.
2: This, the guyliner has, has everything to do with it. You can't do the mouth thing until you get the guyliner right.
1: Right. You can't do either one of those. So I, I just got one question for you. What do you think of Kanye on the Grammys? Do you have any thoughts on that?
2: Oh, man, I've been trying to ignore all that. You know,
1: like, just in general, that people just kind of come out and where's the respect for, for guys that can actually, uh, guys and gals, that can actually play instruments?
2: Yeah, you know, you know, the percentage of people who actually get that opportunity, the percentage of artists who actually get to that point where they're even considered for a Grammy, uh, you know, I'm sure they've done all kinds of things to get where they are. And I don't think anybody have, is... is has really the right to, to go in and intrude on somebody's moment when they've done something and and gotten some recognition for it. You know, I think Beck is a talented guy, and I'm not particularly, maybe not necessarily a fan, but I mm-hmm. have a lot of respect for him, and mm-hmm. I, think, you know, I, don't, I don't think there's any reason for somebody to come in and start bashing his party when, you know, he did what he needed to do to get where he is.
1: That's right. I think they give out too many Grammys. Uh, you know, when you could uh, get a Grammy for reading cartoons... That's when I'll get mine. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: You know what? Here's an idea for you, uh, for Chris, um, for, so I could be on your next CD, because I'm working like every musician that I can to be on their CD or their next video of some sort. I will read your lyrics during the song. How about that?
2: You know, that might just work. You know, we've been, we've been working on this new CD. Uh going to be called Connect. Connected, new CD. We did Destination X in 2010. My Information Society stuff was 2007, 2008. We did the solo, so I merged off into a solo career. But we've been working on this album for like two years, because I lost a really good producer. And so um, I'm game. I'm game for whatever you want to do.
1: See, I'm all over that.
2: some lyrics, I'll put them in there.
1: (laughs) I'll I'll be all over that. And then people... People will say, what is Steve doing in your video, too? He's dancing around like, you know, what's it like? You know, know. you leave a, a successful group, um, and that's that takes some balls to leave and start a solo career. So kudos to you to following your own instinct, your own desires.
2: Well, I appreciate that, but it wasn't like it was part of my plan. Mm-hmm. You know, I think... I think. Well, I know God watches out for me. Mm-hmm. Was in. I was in that band and um, did a couple CDs, and it was great. It was like it was the culmination of everything that I thought I had worked up to my entire life. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a child in. I was a teenager in the '80s, and I was heavily influenced by '80s music, obviously. Um, but I, I loved New Wave, and for me to at that point to conceive that I would have been in a band, a uh, national band like that, I, it just wasn't. It wasn't part of my agenda. So I'm just blessed to have been, to have had that opportunity in the first place. And it wasn't really meant to end, but it just, it just did. And it, it just happened to be great timing to segue into solo career. And I've been extremely happy with what we've been doing and with Christopher Anton solo. And, you know, my wife is very much a part of that Donna Jean. Uh She plays bass and sings and, um, you know, it's just, it's been, a, it's been
1: all blessing. Now, let's be honest, okay? Because she's not listening right now, so be totally honest. The wife inside of, listening, you know, and she's in the band, okay, don't worry, she's not listening. Um, does she give you the look that says, uh, that was really off key ever? <laughs> no, she never
2: does that
1: to me. She just kind of, you know how bassists are? They just sit there and, you know, maybe she's kind of like, uh, you know, Michael from Van Halen. She just kind of wails around a little bit and just, and just flies around and goes, that one sucked, as she goes by. <laughs> did, did that ever happen?
2: Oh, no, no. I'm not David Lee Roth, so I don't have those problems. <laughs> All right,
1: so you're a child of the 80s. You're a teenager of the 80s. You mentioned New Wave. What was New Wave music to you in the 80s?
2: To me, it kind of started with... Um, Duran Duran okay that's kind of where where I and then you know they have to, some people not say might not say that that's legitimate new wave I don't know but for me it was new romantic movement it was Duran Duran um ABC OMD uh, early Depeche Mode right when you know when I was hearing this stuff in in the early 80s and it was just all so fresh and so new mm-hmm. my generation because of the advent of the synthesizer, we were hearing something that had just never, ever been done before. Right. So.
1: See, I thought you were English. Is that odd of me to think that?
2: Well, I guess if you, if you trace my family back far enough, I am. <laughs> I'm American. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I thought, I thought you were a Brit. For years, I thought you were a Brit. Like, I, oh, no, no. I just kinda went, he's gotta be a Brit because he's got an American accent when he sings, so he's gotta be British.
2: That's kind of the opposite of what most
1: people say. They say I have an English accent when I say. Well, and no one said I was normal. Now, did they? (laughs)
2: That's what makes you unique, right?
1: Yeah. So, all right. So you've got the new wave. Some people I've talked to in you know now in 2015, 14, all that. They kind of uh, they don't agree with what the new wave sound is now. Is there a band now that you could correlate? Other than your own music information society that says, "Yeah, that's the sound from the '80s that I remember."
2: Yeah, well, you're talking about contemporary artists that you could lay put that label on. Yeah, Is that' what you're asking. Yeah, there aren't there aren't too many. I think the closest was probably kind of the research. There was a new wave resurgence mm-hmm. in the early 2000s. There was Interpol, yep. and I would say, I would definitely say they're a new wave group. Yeah. Um, And also, and The Killers as well. Maybe not The Killers' later stuff, but the earlier stuff.
1: They all change. You know, when you get paid a little more, you go, oh, I'm going to reinvent myself for the eighth time. Like, what happened to The Killers? They're gone. They're nowhere to be seen now.
2: I loved The Killers, and what kind of weirded me out about them is they started working with Springsteen. Springsteen, And I I like Springsteen, but, you know, when you're a band like that, (laughs) I don't see the connection. And I think it actually kind of... um, it changed them enough that it was hard for some people to really get what they were doing.
1: Right, because we could certainly hear uh, born in the USA with a synthesizer.
2: Right. Well, I think there may, may have been one. And there was a synthesizer in everything in the 80s.
1: Right. So the- but no, don't say that about Bruce. Don't do that, okay? Don't don't hurt me like that.
0: <laughs>
1: That's funny. I mean, I, I don't know if I saw Bruce, you know, at his heyday. I did not like the Born to Run, or no, I love the Born to Run album. I didn't like Born in the USA stuff. I didn't like any of that. So,
2: I, I actually like that stuff. I don't know. Maybe it's because of the, the productions. Yeah. Almost, I can appreciate something about every production, especially in the 80s, because there was a certain way they were doing things then. It was analog, and there's just something about it that really um, always connects with me.
1: Yeah, it, well, it seemed risky in the 80s. It doesn't seem as risky now.
2: No, now it's too—it's too accessible and too easy to do that kind of thing. So it's—it's it's kind of different.
1: Yeah, because let's face it, any sixteen-year-old can sit in their bathroom and have a band now.
2: Yeah, and while I like that accessibility, there's—yeah, it's kind of—you're—you're oh, you're inundated by it all the time now, and it's hard to to recognize what's special about it. So. So
1: what do you listen to now? You yourself.
2: Um, I don't listen to a whole lot of music I'm really into. You know, we're in the, we are in we perform with our praise group at church, mm-hmm. and I'm really into a lot of contemporary Christian music. Mm-hmm. I love the Newsboys, Hill Song. I listen to a lot of that stuff. It doesn't necessarily mean I'm writing that way, because I will always... I mean, I could try to write a country song, and people would go, Oh, it's a good new wave track. So <laughs> it seems to not really affect the way I write and the style that I'm have ingrained in me but I, I listen to I mean I'm open to listening to just about anything but um,
1: I don't know you writing a song for Garth Brooks that throws me off just a little bit my friend
2: see I would do it but uh, Garth wouldn't want it M-
1: maybe he would you just never know I think we need to call him right now someone dial his number someone tweet to him Look, see, see if he'll do that
2: to ask you, I do need to ask you about because I'm doing something that's a little bit different for what Christopher Anton normally does okay um did, did you interview John Waite?
1: Yes, I did. I've had him on a couple of times.
2: Because I'm actually covering Restless Heart by John Waite, which is kind of country in essence.
1: No way.
2: I don't know where... Yeah, and I don't know where this song is going to end up. It's not going to be on our album because it doesn't really fit in with that kind of structure. But I've got um, a guy named uh, Wyman Gentry, and he he's producing it, and he's done an excellent job. It's all it's all organic instruments, instrumentation. It's not electronic, so it's something very different from what I would normally do. But I'm, I, I've loved that song for years and years, since the 80s. It's, it was one of those songs that would sit in my room with my record player and, and listen to it over and over again. And for some reason, it just had this impact on me, and I thought, let's, let's try to cover it. let was do something different.
1: Now, have you talked to John about the track?
2: I haven't. I don't, I don't know John. I know John has been on... At least a couple of Lost Eighties Live events. Now yep. we, I do those with um, Rob Juarez every once in a yep. while, and uh, he puts together these Lost Eighties Live things. But I've never been on a show with him. I've never met him, but he seems like a cool, cool guy.
1: John just rocks. You know what? I'm going to do this. H- is the track already done?
2: It's almost done. I just need a piano part on it, and I've got I've got a great <laughs> piano player. Go to our church. A guy named Scott Hale, and he's uh, I just kind of. You know, lock him into some studio time to to lay down that track, and then it's pretty much
1: done. You know, I look good just sitting next to a piano. I can't play, just so you know, in case you need someone to look good in a picture. But
2: Video, we'll have to get you on piano. (laughs)
1: I'll just sit there playing chopsticks or whatever. Tell you what I'm going to do for you, my friend. You finish the track, you send it to me, I'll get it to John for you. Be great yeah that's one of my boys that's one of my boys and you know I, I when I met John I of course made the uh the fool of myself singing the wrong lyric to missing you
2: <laughs>
1: so of course he gotta get you know he's a little guy but what just choice I mean his new stuff that he's put out and what he wants to do for for a guy like that at that status to take some of his biggest hits and just remake them just because you got a lot, I have a lot of respect for that.
2: Yeah, he's, he's pretty phenomenal. I mean, he's, um, he, uh, you listen to him, and he's just got a tremendous voice to begin with. And then you go back down through his catalog, and you, I, I, I kind of recently did this, I, mm-hmm. because we covered this song. I started going back through his old stuff, and I was just I'm just blown away by the guy's talent. I mean, he's a real soulful rock musician
1: yeah he is he's got like this old old soul which is just so cool even you've got that sound you've got that sound it's something about the 80s that did that to all of us that grew up in the 80s and understood kind of the 80s movement and the music scene well at least that's what i think
2: well i you know i think there's something definitely in me that wants to really pushes the envelope i don't consider myself a great natural singer but i Push and push and push. It's just the area where I just will, you know. It's like Ty Cobb in baseball. He mm-hmm. was just known for. He wasn't a great ball player, but he pushed so hard at what he did, and he loved it so much. He would. He was remembered as being great. So, kind of the same thing. I just feel like I will just continue to push the limits as much as I can.
1: What's the best part about being a musician?
2: The best part. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, that's a trick question? I
1: mean, is it is it the playing? Is it the writing? Is it, you know, the, the, the lyrics? Is it the performance? What is it that just keeps musicians alive year after year after year that keep doing it? You can make a lot of money or not make a lot of money, but you still stay in the industry.
2: And believe me, there's times when I haven't been making anything. There's times before Information Society, I would play to the bartender, you know, and be, but I was, I don't know, it just becomes, there's something in passion, there's something in, in your soul that just needs to continue and needs to create, and um, it's a hard thing to put your finger on, and it's cha- I think it's kind of changed for me over the years. What used to inspire me to do it isn't the same thing that inspires me to do it today. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of on, I've kind of had a revelation of purpose, and now part of my, like my live performance especially is kind of sharing my testimony. You know, I'm a, I'm a recovered alcoholic and yep. I've found a lot of hope through God. So I like to connect with people in that way. So it's kind of changed, but, but the essence of what makes me want to perform, what makes me want to record, it's just something that was there. It was just there from the beginning. And it's, it's not going away. So I, I just have to embrace it or I, I couldn't run away from it.
1: So All right, so you're talking about the beginning. Take me back to when it started. When did you know that music is what you wanted to do?
2: I think probably when I was about seven, and it's not, not something I really think about a lot, but I started trying to write songs at about seven years old. But then I, I wasn't very good. I tried to play cello, couldn't do it. I tried to play trombone, couldn't do it. I tried to play um, took one of those accordion classes that were big in the 80s, didn't, didn't stick. And then the reason I mentioned Duran Duran was Something about that sound really inspired me to start playing bass. And I I loved John Taylor, as I thought his bass playing was so unique, nothing like I'd ever heard before. To incorporate that funk bass into a pop band, it was really inspiring. So I started learning bass guitar. And from there, I started hearing bands like, you know, a couple of things really stood out to me in the 80s. One was Depeche Mode, Mm -hmm. Um, just the sounds. The sounds were so crisp and unique. And another one was ABC. I, I just never heard anything like that before, and it just took a hold of me, and then I wanted to do that. So I started. I didn't have any money as a kid. We weren't, you know, I didn't have a rich family or anything. But I bought what I could when I could. Started with a drum machine, went to a keyboard. And back then, you had to, you know, it wasn't computers back then. It was all module-based um, things. You know, you had to have a synthesizer. You needed a drum machine. You needed a sequencer to sequence your patterns and whatnot. So it was kind of an involved thing, but it was was worth it, and it was something I could do alone and create every part of the song, and it was uh, just really um, fulfilling.
1: Was it hard to put together a band then, since you had done everything in the song in the early on? Didn't you have a band as a teenager?
2: I did have a band and um, a couple of really good guys. It was just three of us. You know, it was kind of like a you know, synth-pop outfit, and uh, it, it w- it's always been kind of difficult for me to hold on to band members, and so I've relied more and more on synthesizers and drum machines and things like that. So um, I've always kind of fallen back to that, and even, even now, Christopher Anton is really me and Donna.
1: <laughs> I thought you were going to say, Christopher Anton, he's a bitch to work for. <laughs> You just sit back like, No, 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 you're not playing that right. You gots to go. That's why I've got an electronic, so <laughs> I mean come on, let's be honest. You know, you guys are all divas and you know, I'm a Steva, so it's hard to work for me. Ask anybody who's worked for me over there, so I'm demanding. Yeah. Well we almost have to be. If you're the front person, you have to be demanding, don't you?
2: Well, you have to know you have to know what your end game is. You really have to know what the goal is. And I'm pretty I'm very good at that. Donna's really good at at seeing the big picture. Mm -hmm. She's very artistic visually. Like, she knows how to lay the stage out, and and I'm kind of more like, hey, get the sound good, let's go, we're good to go. And she's very much about, um, I call it the manager walk. She has this walk she'll start doing when things aren't, when people aren't helping us the way they should. (laughs) She starts doing the manager walk, and she gets things taken care of. She's really good at that.
1: all right, so what does the manager walk look like? Is it hand on the hip? Is it the tapping of the foot? What is it?
2: No, it's like a straight up and down, uh, very, um, remember like the, the models when they'd have to put the book on their head?
1: Yep, yep.
2: It's kind of like that, a very straight, precise walk forward. So.
1: That sounds kind of scary. I don't want to meet her then. You know?
2: Uh, you, when she's in that mode, you don't want to get
1: in <laughs> I'm one of those guys. This is who I am. I'm the guy that most women hit, okay? They just have reason to, to hit me in the shoulder for some reason.
2: Yeah. Well, she would never do that to you, though. She's a sweetheart.
1: Right. Not a hitter. Right. She'd probably just take me out in the knees, you know, in the back room. Down I go. Down goes Frazier. That would be me.
2: It's funny because just as I was describing the manager walk, she came in.
1: <laughs> it never fails. Does it never, ever fail in our lives? No matter what we're saying, then the women in our lives start walking, and we're like, we're screwed. Hopefully they didn't hear it. <laughs> so what are you working on now? What's what's going on for 2015?
2: Okay, well, we've got um, a confirmed show in Mexico City. This is going to be awesome because it is Lost 80s Live. Rob Worris put this together. hmm And it's going to be ABC, Wang Chung, The Romantics, When in Rome, Anything Box, and then Christopher Anton. So that's going to be awesome, but that's not until September 23rd. Mm -hmm. Other than that, we're still working on the album, Connected is going to be the title. I'm working with Jay Gillian from a band called P42 and JG and the Robots, and also uh, Peter Raymond from People Theater. We've, We've written a song together, and he's producing it as well. We've got a really good album coming. I just don't have a release date yet because it's still in progress. Um, those are the big things.
1: Well, maybe it'll be out by the Mexican date. So I'm, you know, I, I've known Rob for some time, and uh, quite a few of the bands have been on this show. So I'm hoping to be in Mexico City for that.
2: That would be awesome. I, hey, Please. I'm
1: telling Rob right now if he needs someone to an emcee it to open up the show, I'm the guy.
2: You would be a good choice for that. And then I can teach you how to put the guy liner on.
1: <laughs> yeah, because they're going, Steve, you look like a clown. I'm like, I thought that was a good thing.
2: <laughs> it
1: was hard. Let's face it. It was hard to put on uh, all that stuff, the guy liner and all that. I used to poke myself. I didn't I didn't have a steady enough hand. So do you have any any tips for that other than that your wife put it on you?
2: you know what's What's funny. What I was going to say earlier is like... Calling it eyeliner just shows it's kind of jumped the shark, and we probably shouldn't be wearing it at all, but um, yeah eighties I, I was really I was such a cure fan, and so I would take any anything that Robert Smith did and he would put on all his makeup crooked and messed up, so I thought hey that's the way to do it so i'm not really a good good one to consult on eyeliner. We might have to have Donna do it if, if it's really going to go down
1: right, or we got to put on those uh the new things that make our eyelashes look long. No, that's just wrong. I can't be going down that way. Everybody, come on, let's face it. We aged ourselves kind of a guy liner, But I thought it was just a cool thing to do back in my L.A. days and stuff. That's how everybody looked. That's how everybody dressed. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But see, I was a little taller than most people, so I just kind of stuck out just a hair. Just a hair.
2: You could be. Yeah, you could be intimidating
1: with the guy liner on. Yeah, cuz uh, back then, if remember in the 80s they had um uh, even the guys were starting to wear boots in LA anyway, so you would have like platforms on and you know, no one needs to see a 6 foot 8 guy with guy liner on. And I don't care if people say stop calling it that. I'm going to call it because it's my show. <laughs> okay. Right? That's the best way to do that um also today i just want to give you an opportunity uh someone passed away today steve strange so i thought i'd give you a moment to uh you know do you have any thoughts and i know that you did a cover of one of his songs
2: yeah it's just so tragic to hear he was 55 and it just kind of came as a surprise to me i i never met steve um but obviously you know I, i understand that he was Pretty much the origin of the New Romantic movement. He had a lot to do with that. Mm-hmm. Most of the, the New Wave bands that we know today probably wouldn't exist if he hadn't, you know, kicked it off and, and done the, the creative and cutting edge things that he, he's done. Um, that song we covered it a few years back as a 30-year anniversary tribute to the original Fade to Grey. Um, Nick tone produced it, and he did a phenomenal job with it. Um, but it's just so it's so tragic to hear that. Um, I wish I would have had a chance to talk to him, but unfortunately I never did.
1: Yeah, but it's inside you. We're going to play the the cover in just a second here um, and the song uh, Carmen. So why don't you tell me a little bit about Carmen?
2: Carmen? That's an anything box song. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you're going to play Carmen?
1: Damn right I'm going to play it. (laughs)
2: Okay. I don't know much about that song.
1: Oh, well, forget it then. Got to throw it off then. No, I'm just I'm just messing with yep. you. I, you know, I, I can mess with anybody that I want. So actually, it was uh, in silence. That is what. That's the the CD. Um, that was what two years ago? Last year? When did you release that CD? Um,
2: in silence was in 2013. Okay. Yeah, we released a whole a whole remix EP of of in silence. Did the video and put that out there. Um, yeah, and in silence is um. Uh, you know, I wrote that song originally thinking it was gonna go to Information Society, but it it didn't, so we produced it ourselves and put it out.
1: Would you put the band together for a tour? Information society?
2: I I did not, no.
1: Would you ever do that? Would you consider that?
2: Well, it's not really my call. I mean right. I was I was in the band, I right. was a for a while, but they're still they got the old singer back, and they're still out there doing their thing.
1: See, it's kind of like, but, but you're the sound of it. It's kind of like putting out fake sticks, you know, where they're trying to go on tour with Def Leppard and stuff. You're not sticks unless you have Dennis DeYoung, in my world. I wouldn't,
2: I wouldn't say that either, though. I've got, you know, I've, I've got actually more, I think, more accomplished as a solo artist than I did with the yeah. Christian Society. But. Yeah,
1: there's no doubt about that. No doubt whatsoever, <laughs> but, you know, I'm just saying... Dennis Young sticks. Just, I'm a purist, just like Van Halen. Unless you got David Lee Roth, that's not Van Halen.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think I, I hear you on that, but I, I, I don't know. I like them both. I like both versions of the band.
1: <sighs> all right, I guess I can still like you. That's all right. All right, so we gotta we gotta keep on top of uh, where you're going this year. What is your Twitter and your website address?
2: Well, the best way to stay in touch and contact with me and what's going on is go to ChristopherAnton.tv. That's a Tumblr page. From that page, there's links to Facebook, Twitter, cool, a couple other things up in the left, upper left corner. My Facebook, uh, if you go to Facebook.com slash uh you can find me on Facebook. On, on Twitter, it's Chris underscore Anton
1: all right cool we got to make sure and you do reply okay I gotta tell everybody if if you follow him on Facebook or Twitter he'll actually reply so jump on that Chris underscore Anton Christopher Anton on Facebook absolutely that is the best way Chris I gotta have you on again this year as you get closer and closer to your date of release of your CD and before you head out to Mexico okay for sure all right fantastic Chris, always a pleasure to have you on if you just hold on just for a second. Here is his cover of Fade the Gray. You guys are listening to the blend.
0: Devinier. 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 To where you were before We'll drive out of this town. I know I need you now when everything inside has lost control and go where we wanna go. Come back to me. You are everything Why can't you see? This is where you need Silence, in darkness, darkness, without provisions on us Boy.